Greg Rubel of Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We want to thank you for your interest in God's Word and this message. We pray that God puts it into your heart. My conduct matters. My conduct matters. Perhaps some of us would not believe that today. Perhaps ultimately you feel that your behavior is of little consequence. You believe that your conduct, it is of little concern. It's of little concern to you. It's of little concern to God. After all, why should I believe that my Conduct matters. Why should I believe that? For we can understand correctly that that a life that pleases God, the life that, that God the Father declares is right with Him, that kind of life, the Bible says, is a life that's built on faith. The Scriptures tell us that the kind of life that pleases God, it is not built... On conduct, it is not awarded by what we do. For our Christian faith, listen, my faith, it must be rooted in the belief of the saving work of Jesus Christ upon that rugged cross. We must understand that today, so heaped up is my mess. So deep down today is my fall, we must understand that there is nothing, there is no hope but to be carried by Jesus Christ to the foot of the throne. If my faith is not founded in that, it is not a Christian faith, it is not a saving faith. And many of us, we understand that. And therefore we say, well, I I will profess with my mouth, I will profess faith. I will confess with my mouth that that Jesus Christ is Lord. For the Bible says that that is right. And we, we point to that truth, which don't misunderstand. It is a great truth, isn't it? I mean, that is a great and wonderful and singular and indispensable truth. Faith alone. That I am saved by faith alone. And I wonder if we have the tendency to reason then that, that if faith is so wonderful, if faith is so singular, if faith is so essential, how can conduct matter then? How can conduct matter if, if this is it, faith? Perhaps you believe that today. Maybe that's what you believe, but I would suggest to you that the saving faith to which you and I have been called, 
Okay, the saving faith to which I have been called. Listen, it is a living faith. Okay, the saving faith to which I've been called, it is a living faith. Meaning, it's alive. Meaning, it has a pulse. Meaning, that it moves. It's a living faith. Understand today that saving faith in Jesus Christ, it's the kind of faith that will blow like a Texas wind. That's the kind of faith that we're talking about. It's a saving faith that will grow like Silver Queen sweet corn. It's the kind of faith that will bloom like an Indiana redbud. The saving faith of Jesus Christ that we're talking about today, it's the kind of faith that T.Y. Hilton runs, he runs down a wide receiver's route, It's that kind of faith that moves and runs. It's the kind of faith that, listen to this, it's the kind of faith that burns down a drag strip like Living Stream's very own Jack Kern. (laughs) That's the kind of faith that we're talking about. A kind of faith that moves like that. Understand the saving faith of which the Bible speaks is a living faith. Faith, it creates movement from within to out. It's the kind of of faith through which Abel was able to give his offering. It's the kind of faith through which Abraham was able to obey and Sarah was able to conceive. It was the kind of faith that Moses was able to choose the hard way and the people were able to cross over the Red Sea. It was that kind of of faith. Understand, you've not just been called to a saving faith, but it's a a faith movement. It's a moving faith. You know, we're of course familiar, I mean, with the picture that Jesus gave in the Gospel of John, the picture of the vine and the branches. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, you remain in me, you'll produce. Okay? Jesus is saying, listen, in me, by faith, He's saying, you will be a producer. He's saying, in me, you will grow. In me, you will bloom. In me, Jesus said, you will create and you will display. Perhaps today, listen, perhaps today you feel that your behavior, your conduct is of little consequence. Perhaps today your conduct is of very little concern to you, but I want you to know today that my conduct, it matters. My conduct matters. You know, the impression that I've had on my heart uh, the past few weeks is that we just, you know, we needed to stop today when we came uh, to this moment, this passage, and we just, we had to remember that my conduct, the way I'm acting, it matters to my wife. We've got to remember that today. We've got to stop today. We have to remember that my actions, they matter to my husband. They affect my husband. They impact my sister. It matters to my dad. It matters to my mom, my friends, my church. My conduct matters and don't, don't miss, oh, how it matters to God. 
how our conduct matters to our king. My conduct matters. How clear is the moment when I began to understand that? How clear is the moment, though I'd rather not share it, I will. <laughs> or I've shared parts of this story before, but I, when I was a senior in high school, I went to Purdue uh, for one of those senior day deals. Uh, while I don't doubt, you know, that Purdue has been a positive experience, you know, for many people uh, here, uh, it was not so for me. Um, my experience uh, consisted of two things. Uh, one was puking, and two was having pictures taken of myself while I was puking. Um, so that, that pretty much sums up uh, my experience at Purdue. Like I say, I hope your experience was better. You know, I think about those pictures. <laughs> I don't know if you have any pictures that float around that you wish... We're not there. And it's one of those deals where I don't know where those pictures are, but I'm sure if I run for president, you know they'll be on the TV. Right? But you know, I think about that night when I began to understand that my conduct matters. Because when I remember that night, I think back to how deep and how sharp and how hot was the knife that God plunged into my heart. How easy it is to remember how deep and how sharp and how hot was that knife. You know, when I, when I was able to look into my life and when I was able to see that there was nothing in me that reflected God. Nothing. There was nothing in the mirror. There was nothing in those pictures there was nothing within me that was spiritually real there was nothing you could see there was nothing that was substantive there was nothing that was pure there was nothing that was good that was bearing forth from me there was nothing in my life that testified of Jesus Christ nothing but a little fish that I'd stuck on my tailgate of my, on the tailgate of my truck. I had a little fish. But there was nothing in my life. As I lay there in humiliation and pain and regret, how, how deep and sharp and hot was that knife. I want you to understand today that our <laughs> conduct, it matters. It matters to those around us. Oh, how it matters to the Spirit of God. Do you believe that today? My conduct matters. Understand that the saving faith to which you and I are called, it is a living faith. It is a faith that moves. It is a faith that blooms. It is a faith that bears. We're going to see our call to a conduct that is born of faith today. If you turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, we continue to work through the book of Philippians. We're going to read verses 27 through 30. So I'll read Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 27. 
It says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you, on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for Him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Whatever happens, said the writer, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. If you look specifically there... In verse 27 where it says, conduct yourselves. You know, your version might say something like a manner of, of life or something similar. May we understand today that that verse, Philippians 1.27, understand that it is a trumpeting call from the Apostle to us. This verse... It is for you and it is for me today. Understand that verse 27, it is a commissioning. Okay? Verse 27, it is a vision statement. It's a definition of personal vision. Okay? It's a definition of personal vision for all of those who would seek after Christ, who would identify with the Son of God and who would place their hope in Him. Understand that this is the God of heaven that is saying to you today, this is my will for you. This is my hope for you today. He's saying, this is my vision, what I want to see in your life. It is for us today that Paul says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You want to simplify that sentence? Let's just say this. My conduct matters. My conduct matters. You know, when we look at that word, um, conduct, we can understand that when Paul uses that word, he was using a word that, that referred to citizenship. Citizenship. So when Paul says, conduct yourselves, Paul was saying, recognize through your faith, okay? Paul was saying, through your faith in Jesus Christ, recognize that you have become citizens of God. Citizens of the kingdom of God. Through faith in Christ, your life has become hidden in Him. You are now part of Him. You are now part of His body. You were once out here. You were citizens of the world. You were living your own life. But now Paul's saying, you have been called out of that world and into another. And now you are to pledge allegiance to this new society, the kingdom of God. Paul's saying, live out your citizenship. In verse 27. Verse 27, it, it's, it's a call to be an abiding citizen in your society. When he says conduct yourselves. He's saying be an abiding citizen. Now I would say law abiding citizen, but I don't want anybody to freak out. You know, oh, Shane said law. You know, oh, he's talking about the law. He's talking about works. We're going to get works based faith. Oh, I mean, you know, we just freak out when we talk about the law. So I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say law-abiding citizen. I'll just say abiding citizen. 
But so when we're called to conduct, he's saying, be an abiding citizen that is functioning. You know, think about an abiding citizen. What is their role? They're functioning. They, they're a contributing member of society. Paul's saying, live out your citizenship. I wonder, are you living out your citizenship today? Did you hear that? Are you living out your citizenship in the kingdom of God? Are you living as one who has been called from darkness into light? For how many there are today? How many there are who would claim to be members of the body of Christ, who would profess their allegiance, who claim that through faith they are in fact citizens of the kingdom of God, and yet in the kingdom of God they do not walk. In the kingdom of heaven they do not contribute, they do not serve, they do not move. There is no movement in their life. How many there are like that? We must understand today that my conduct matters for how telling my conduct is. How telling my conduct is. What a story my conduct tells. What a picture my conduct paints. You know, I think back to my spiritual journey, you know, that led up to Purdue and my moment of glory uh, there. You know, when I was a kid, um, <laughs> we watched some like 1970s movie, you know, about like the tribulation at church, you know, the end of the world or whatever. And I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, one of those movies, but basically like everybody gets their heads cut off. Like that's just, whoosh, you know, you're done. And so I'll tell you what, you know, you're like a nine or ten year old kid. And you're watching that movie, you're watching that guillotine, you know, and that blade coming down. It's like, whoosh, you're like, I believe. <laughs> I believe I profess today. <laughs> and I would say uh, that in all seriousness, through a series of events, but boy, that, you know, got me walking the right way. Um, I would say in all seriousness that when I came to Christ around the age of 10, you know, in concern for my destiny, seeking the relief for my soul, you know, I can honestly say that there, there was a cleansing there. I mean, there was a peace of God. You know, that came over me. I mean, there was a security of soul that I knew in my heart, you know, that He had saved me and that He was holding me. And so I'm so thankful for Him saving me. But you know, looking back, it's really clear to me that something was wrong really quick. Something was wrong really quick because... You know, after my confession of faith, I mean, there was this very little spiritual growth. You know, you didn't see a, a bloom. There, were, there was no spiritual movement that was taking place uh, in my life. And really, I was like this uh, little dot here. This is me. Get a... And, you know, I, I came to faith in Christ, and so, you know, I, I was happy, I was secure. And I, at that point, I should have begun growing. There should have been an upward path towards becoming like Christ. For I'd been called out of the world. I'd been called to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so, at that point of faith, I should have been growing, but I wasn't. I, I, I just stayed, you know, right there. 
And so what happened then, when I look back, is that, you know, when I got into the high school years, and so temptation uh, awoke and opportunity for sin came, man, how, how quickly did I veer? How quickly did I go off? And, you know, I was thinking about it. Um, I was thinking about before I went to Purdue, and I remember I was, I was talking in the barn lot uh, at the farm with somebody, and I remember that I was looking forward to, like, sinning. You know, like I knew Purdue was coming up, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, it's going to be so cool, you know. I'm an idiot. I'm a total idiot, people. I mean, because you know what? I didn't just fall into sin. I was thinking about I dove. I mean, I dove into sin here. Okay? That's not good. That's not the way of things. That's not what we're called to. I wasn't living as a citizen of the kingdom. And I wonder, are you living as a citizen of the kingdom today? Are you living as a citizen of heaven? Are you growing? Are you growing today? Are you functioning? Are you contributing to the things of God? Or is there a a careening, a falling away? Is there a slipping? Are you disengaging today from the life of God? So I was thinking about this idea, you know, that my saving faith, it is a living faith. It moves and grows. Therefore, my conduct does matter because that's, that's where we see that living faith. So I was thinking about life, just, you know, like human life and cells and, and that type of thing. Did you know that during the first 12 hours after conception, the fertilized egg cell remains a single cell? But after approximately 30 hours, it divides from one cell into two cells. And then from two cells into four. And at the end of the end of three days, the fertilized egg cell becomes a berry-like structure made up of 16 cells. Used to be a tiny little berry. Isn't that cute? (laughs) Can you believe that used to be a berry? (laughs) That's something. You know, we begin as a single cell, and yet we're told that, that we grow into adulthood, and an adult has trillions upon trillions upon trillions of those cells. From one cell to trillions upon Trillions. That is how it is in our body, and that is how it should be in our faith. As a citizen of heaven, there should be growth, there should be dividing, there should be multiplying through the power of Christ. Seen in the way we behave, in the things we do, seen in the way we act. That our hearts would be convinced today that my conduct matters. You know, that we'd be convinced of that and that, that we would be beckoned to respond to the call that comes from the heart of your Creator today. When Paul says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, what does that mean, manner worthy of the gospel of Christ? 
We talked about conducting yourself, okay, idea of citizenship, functioning, contributing, I get that. Now what's the whole manner, worthy, gospel? What does it mean to conduct myself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ? When I asked myself that this week, I came up with two questions. Uh, the first was, well, number one, well, what's the gospel in the first place? Okay, what is the gospel? And then the, the second question, uh, what is a manner Worthy of it. Okay, so what is a gospel-worthy manner? What's a gospel manner of life? So to answer the first question, what is the gospel? You know, I went to 1 Corinthians 15. You know, a lot of times we hear people define the gospel uh, as good news. You'll hear people say, well, the gospel is uh, Jesus Christ, which is completely true. But 1 Corinthians 15, Paul defines the gospel for you explicitly, exactly in its whole, what it is. 1 Corinthians 1 through 5, and because it's such a crystal clear definition, I was going to read all five of those verses. But so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 5, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you which you received and which you stand and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared. So what's Paul saying there? Paul's saying, I am reminding you of the gospel that I preached to you. Okay, so what is the gospel? Paul's saying, this is it. He says, this is what I told you, that Christ died for your sins, that he was buried, that he was raised, and that he appeared. That's the gospel. Okay, that's the answer to the first of our two questions. So, now, how in the world am I supposed to conduct myself in a manner that's worthy of Christ's Dying, burial, resurrection, and appearing. How am I to live out a life that is identified with that? What does a gospel-worthy manner look like there? Well, I think to answer that question, there are a number of passages that we can look at throughout the New Testament. Certainly when you read passages like Ephesians 4, uh, Colossians 1, you read things like, Lead a life that's worthy of your calling. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults. Binding yourselves together in peace. Read things like, Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to Him. Bearing fruit. Increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power. You know, those are some of the marks of a worthy manner. But if there was one verse that I could give you today to answer that question, what is a gospel-worthy manner? I would simply tell you to do this. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, which says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And it says this in verse 3, For consider Him who has endured such hostility, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Understand that ultimately, when Paul says, Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, he's saying, Live as your Savior has lived. Live as Jesus lived. 
I've got a quote for you, a sentence to remember. The only way to live like Jesus is to live in Jesus. Okay? The only way to live like Jesus is to live in Jesus. I quoted John 15 earlier this morning. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If any remain in me and I remain in them, they produce much fruit. But without me, he said, you can do nothing. You can't do a thing, Jesus said, apart from me. Apart from me. Apart from the Son of God. Outside of Him, there is no good thing. There are no good marks. There is no proper movement. Understand today that my conduct matters. It matters in my life. It's showing what's going on in my heart. It matters to my family and those around me. It matters to the Spirit of God who's trying to work within me. My conduct matters. You know, verse 27, you know, it began with the words, whatever happens. And I didn't want to ignore that. Because understand that that when Paul, when he calls you and I to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, Paul is saying, you need to do this regardless of the scenario. Okay, Paul's saying, regardless of your circumstance, this is what needs to be seen in you. Paul told the Philippians, you know, I'm in prison and my hope is to come to you. I want to be with you. I want to share with you. I want to build you up. That, that is my hope. That is the goal. But Paul said that, that whatever happens, whatever the outcome may be, this call that I'm giving to you, this vision that I'm declaring over your life, He's saying it does not, it does not change. You've had things in your life that have not worked out as you had hoped. For so many of us, our plan did not plan like we would have liked. And as things go wrong in life, and as disappointments and mistakes pile up, how are we responding to that? Are you backing away from the calling of God on your life to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of Christ? Are you giving up? Have you stopped seeking today? Have you stopped listening? You know, you, you were you were pursuing, you were walking, and and it didn't, it, things didn't work. There there was splintering, and there were crossroads, and it's like, oh, I got lost. I couldn't couldn't figure it out. Have you stopped? I want you to know that you stand today. Listen, you stand alongside a countless battalion of saints. A countless battalion of saints who have come before you, who throughout the ages they have found themselves in the exact place that you're in today. Confused, 
You feel stuck, oppressed, you know, you're waiting on the Lord to fulfill His promise. You know, you're alone, you're in a strange place, it seems like there's no opportunity, you're estranged, you know, there, there's, you don't have a family uh, who understands the, the way of Christ. And your question today is, will I conduct myself in a manner worthy of the gospel in this moment? Whatever happens... Whatever comes, whatever doesn't work out, will I continue to conduct? You know, Paul said in Philippians 4, I've learned the secret, you know, in the middle of that. In every situation, whether full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You know, understand today that Christ-honoring conduct, conduct that is worthy of the gospel of Christ, understand it does not depend on your mustering, it does not depend on your conjuring, it does not depend on your try. But in a faith-filled walking, a faith that is alive, 2 Corinthians 4 says, We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things we can't see. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see, those will last forever. That's what we fix our eyes on. Ecclesiastes 3 says, You can't see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. You can't see it. You're never going to see the whole picture. You're never going to understand fully why. Why David get to cut down? I will never understand that here. And whatever has happened to you, <clears throat> no matter how impenetrable the roadblock no matter how devastating the derailment, know that the Father can take those happenings, He can take those disappointments, and He can use them for good. He can use them for good. He can take spoiled intentions. He can take shattered dreams. He can take mess-ups. And He can take mistakes. And He can use those for His glory. And our good. So whatever happens today, will you conduct yourself in a manner that honors the king? For my conduct matters. I was visiting with a dear lady in our church here a week or two ago. And she was telling me about a pivotal moment in her life. And her heart at this point, you know, it was torn apart. And she said, you know, one, one day I went out. Uh, to a levee, and she said, you know, I just walked uh, back and forth across that levee that night, and I just said, God, you know, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I mean, there, there was so much brokenness there. There was so much hurt and confusion and pain, and she just walked back and forth. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? And she said in that moment how clear the words were. The Holy Spirit spoke dear to her heart in that moment. And he told her, get off the fence. 
He told her, get off the fence. And I just wonder today, as we're talking about conduct and we're looking at our life and we're, just, we're asking, is there any manner of me which reflects the gospel of Christ? Is it time to get off of the fence? Are you trying to, to live in the world from which you've been called? Listen, you've been called to become a citizen of heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. Not to no longer be a citizen of the world down here, but to live as a citizen of the kingdom of God here. I'm going to give you a few moments to consider your conduct. You know, ask the Spirit, God, what what is in my life? What is it that does not reflect the gospel of Christ? The way I'm living, the way I'm acting, the things I'm doing, my conduct. What does not reflect you today? So let's watch. So this is me, right? And this is you today. We're examining our conduct. When you look at your life, are you growing? Are you being conformed into the image of Christ today? When you look at your conduct, do you find that that you're veering, that you fall so often into sin so easily? Without regret. Do you find that you're falling into sin today? Are you diving into sin? Do you just not care? Have you just not cared up to this moment? You know, I came home this week. Uh, My daughter Hazel, she is four years old. And so she was standing, you know, at the door when I came in. And and when I walked in, uh, you know, she held up her hand. Like this to me, you know, smiled real big and and held up her hand. And so I took it, um, and I didn't know where we were going. It ended up we were just going to the bathroom. It wasn't a big a big deal. But you know, when she took when she when she looked up to me and she smiled and she lifted up her hand, I thought, whenever a little girl offers her your hand, you take that sucker. You know, you take that hand. I want you to know today, Jesus Christ is offering you His hand today. And listen, when Jesus Christ offers His hand to you, you take that sucker. You take that hand. Understand that Jesus Christ, He's wanting to fill you with good things. He's wanting to give you a new heart, a new soul. He's wanting to renew you from the inside out that the Spirit of God would pour out through your fingers, bursting into good works, promoting love and magnifying the glory of God in the world. If you feel like Jesus Christ is offering His hand to you today, I beg for you to take it. That you would say, Jesus, I'm giving it all to you today. I'm giving you my conduct. I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you everything I have. have All those crowns, all those things that I'm wanting to do, all those things that I'm wanting to dive in, all those things that I've, that I've looked forward to up until this moment, that I've just been aching to experience, that I've just been aching to know. Would you take the hand of Jesus Christ today?
When Christ offers you His hand, you've got to take it. Walk with me, He's saying. Become a citizen of my community. He's saying, conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of my gospel. Live in a way that is worthy of me. Stream, our conduct matters. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the faith. Uh, that you've given me to believe in you. And I pray you'd forgive me for not fully recognizing, for not fully understanding what that faith is. That that saving faith which you've given to me is something that seeks to live like a fire within me. It wants to burn And flicker and glow. Such is the faith that you've given to me. Father, forgive us for not leaning into you. For not allowing your spirit to awaken the dead parts of us. For chasing after the things of this world. For not caring about my conduct. For discounting it as irrelevant. Or insignificant. For my conduct matters to you God. It matters to my wife. It matters to my children. Forgive me when I've fallen. Father how I would pray for each heart today. God, that you and your grace would call them, that you'd lift them up, that you'd lead them towards the image of your Son, that as they walk closer to Him, the brighter He would become, the stronger, the stronger the strength of Christ, that it would become greater and greater in our lives as sin slowly but surely falls away in your name through your ability. And I pray for the heart that's struggling to believe today. That has an action that is so dear to the heart. And the heart's screaming uh, today. And it's, it's wiggling. And it's, it's trying to break free. It does not want to submit. It does not want to fall beneath the cross of Christ. God, tame that heart today. I pray that you would break the sin that is covering the, the chains that are around that heart today. God, help them to see your greatness. Help them to see your purity. Create a longing within them for it. How grateful we are for your love, for your long suffering, that you're so patient with us. You're always walking. You'll never leave. You'll never forsake. But you'll always come along when we slip, when we fall, when we dive. You'll always be there. And we praise you for that. And it's the name of Jesus uh, that we thank you for these things. Amen.